listening to Closer Look. First responders are often considered heroes, but what happens when the weight of the job becomes too much to bear? My guest today is Pastor Mike Henderson with K-Love Radio. He is the Director of Crisis Response Care, a program designed for first responders, chaplains, and community volunteers to increase their knowledge and understanding of psychological and spiritual first aid. It's good to have you, Pastor Mike. Monica, thank you for inviting me today. I'm looking forward to this. I really believe there's some blessings here. Tell us about the genesis, the beginning of crisis response care. Started in fall of 2011. Our goal actually started because of something that was said in a staff meeting about going out and, and getting beyond our four walls. So that was kind of the beginnings of us going out and reaching people. And we really looked at first responders and thought, man, these guys need our help. So we started our first year in 2011. We had two classes, which was just phenomenal and a blessing for us to be able to do that. And uh, lo and behold, the Lord had greater plans than I did. And the following year, I was challenged to uh, go to New York and we did Chicago. So we did six the following year. And then the rest has been history. When we're able to do live classes, we do about 35 classes, 35 different cities across the nation. And I have, actually have the little, little stats here for you. In the 10 years we've been doing this, we've been in 185 cities. We have had 422 classes, courses, and we've had just a little over 22,000 participants. Incredible. So it's chaplains, it's first responders, it's police, it's fire, it's nurses, it's doctors. It's anybody who wants to help somebody during a crisis. And that really is our goal. Our goal from day one was to come alongside and not to take the place of, but train those who live in the community so that they can touch others in the community. And that's really been our heart from day one. So how does that work? How do you come alongside of these first responders? There's lots of pressure right now for police, fire, EMS, doctors, nurses, uh, chaplains. So dealing with stress. I mean, if you just imagine the average person, everybody, we all deal with stress. So you compound that with somebody who is dealing in life or death situations. And all of a sudden that stress can build and can build and can build. And everybody says, well, that's their job, but they still have to go home. They still have to be with their wife, with their husband, with their kids, with their significant other. It's so important for us to learn how to deal with stress. We have 36 different courses that we offer now, and uh, some of them our ICSF, which is International Critical Incident Stress Foundation courses. And then we actually have about 20 of our own courses that we have written and uh, are now doing online. But that's really how we come alongside. So if I can help you deal with the stress that you're dealing with, give you the tools, and that's really, as one officer said, you give us the tools to put on our tool belt so that we can go out and do what we need to do. What are some of the direct tips that you give them? What are some of the tools for their tool belt? So our tips, really, we try and keep it simple. Uh, how do you deal with your well-being? Are you getting enough sleep? Are you eating right? Are you watching your caffeine intake? Are you watching your sugar intake? Are you watching your alcohol intake? Nowadays, the stress level has gone off the charts. The suicidal rates are up in the general public. They're up in first responder, nurses, doctors, people who are just really overwhelmed. It's simple in the fact that there are just several things that we can do to halt this or at least cope with it. 
And so that's really what we try and do. So we have courses like grief following trauma. So learning how to deal with that so that it doesn't build upon us is really what we want to try and do. So we, we're we in the forefront as much as we can. Sometimes we grab people in the middle, and sometimes there have been people who have come to our courses that um, have attempted suicide and have gotten their life back and now want to go help others. It's got to be really important just to acknowledge that you're stressed. Sometimes it takes somebody else coming in from the outside to say, hey, when's the last time you ate? So I'm sure that's a huge part of your role. It, it is. And I, and I think sometimes our self-awareness of what stress does to us, like I'm, I'm really an easygoing guy and I don't really think that stress bothers me. But I can tell you, my wife can see when stress bothers me because sometimes you may not see it. You may not understand this is pretty stressful. Uh, I talked to a gentleman years ago and and broke my heart. He responded to a rollover where a five-year-old was killed and he was first there. And he had been a firefighter for over 30 years. He said, I never had a problem until that one. It, It starts accumulating. So, and I think that's something that we need to learn in our own personal lives. You know, so some of the things that we want them to do, we want them to, I call it the buddy up system. Uh, I used to direct kids camps. And so I always had the kids, when we got into the pool, they had to have a buddy. And every 15 minutes, we'd blow the whistle and have them surface. And they had to grab the hand of their buddy or, or buddette is what we would call the girls. In life, it's very much the same thing. It may not be every 15 minutes, but if I've gone through a traumatic event, I'm going to call Monica. And I'm going to say, Monica, man, I need your prayers today. I just need somebody to talk to. And it doesn't mean that there's always answers on the other side. The gentleman that I mentioned, it took him years to process that and probably still has to go back and deal with that. And I've talked to other first responders who've who've responded to cases like that. And it stays with them because our our brain registers everything that we see, hear, touch, smell, whatever. So it's always going to be that. But how can I cope with that? How can I deal with that? And so we want them to, to have somebody in their life that they can listen to. Um, there are people in my life, Monica, that I will tell you that if I go through a tough time, if I've talked to somebody, I can call them up or I can see them. My wife is one of them just to listen. And I don't need somebody to give me all the answers right now. I just need you to listen to what I'm saying. So So it's really important to have at least one person that you can trust, that you can vent or share with. And that doesn't have to be just first responders. It could be anybody listening right now. Right. Right. And I think it's so important. I think we all need people in our lives, you know, and, and there's lots of questions right now. People are questioning a lot of things. And for me, I've got to get them out of my head. If they're in my head, I, I always liken it to a marble in a gas tank. It just kind of rattles around until it finally found someplace. But if I have somebody that I can talk to and just share, hey, this is where, where my marble is today. Again, not necessarily having all the answers because there's so much out there. There's so many things that we can do. We can we can learn how to sleep better. We can learn how to, you know, if we're doing the alcohol thing, we know, hey, that's not good for us. If we're doing too much caffeine, if I'm overdosing on donuts, just as bad, I need that person on the other side to be able to talk to. Right. And I can imagine confess, maybe if you have to, yes. that you had too many donuts. Yeah. <laughs> If you've just joined us, I'm Monica Kelly with Closer Look. And my guest today is Pastor Mike Henderson with K-Love Radio. He is the Director of Crisis Response Care, a program designed for first responders, chaplains, and community volunteers 
to increase their knowledge and understanding of psychological and spiritual first aid. What is critical incident stress management? It is not therapy. It's not meant to be therapy. So it's not psychotherapy. It's not where somebody tell, is sitting down with you and say, tell me how you feel. But it's the beginning process of getting you to talk about what you just went through. And what we have found and what the courses all talk about, if you keep it in, then you can, it can start building up and then eventually it pops somewhere. And so you will, everything will be going great. And then all of a sudden you can start having marital problems. So if I can learn at the beginning of that, if I've just come back from a, a traumatic event, if it's a disaster and I've seen all of these things, sitting down with somebody and, de- and being debriefed about what I've seen, it's really that simple way to start processing what you've encountered in life. And so do you, as a pastor, are you somebody that somebody would sit down with and process? Yes. If they've had an event, uh, sometimes people don't talk about these things because um, if I'm a policeman and I start talking about, hey, I'm not doing too good, then they pull them off the beat. Uh, If I'm a fireman, the same thing. Or even, you know, if it's a chaplain who maybe is just overwhelmed, you know, immediately you lose your position. So it's very hard. And that's one of the things that we have to combat out there is getting people to talk. And so we want to provide them a safe environment where they could sit down with us and share anything they want to share with us. It's kept confidential with us. And our goal is if I don't know the answer or if I don't have some kind of a help, then I'm going to find somebody in the community who will help them. I mean, because we've got great resources across the country dealing with police, fire, their specific type of jobs that they do. And sometimes it takes a, a specific counselor who really understands what they're facing. Tell me about where volunteers fit in. We use volunteers in the community. So I have a group of people. They're my ambassadors, finest group of people you've ever seen in your life. I have seven of them across the country. They help us when we come in the area for training. We also use volunteers who, during the training, because of COVID, we haven't been out since it's almost a year. Everything we do now is online. So we use Zoom and we're learning a lot about Zoom, but we've been able to uh, keep them in their groups in certain courses. Uh, That's really what we work. So we want them to make a connection. And then if somebody needs to talk to you. So through Zoom, they can chat. It's a private chat and then it can lead up to a phone call. We'll talk, email, we'll do anything anybody wants to do right now because we want to come alongside them. That's our goal. Can somebody who's not a first responder benefit from these courses? Yes. So our courses, as I said, we have 36 of them. It's meant to deal with the people who are already doing it. But let's say Monica wanted to become a disaster chaplain. You could start taking our courses. And our courses are core courses that most agencies and organizations want. So we do a lot. Speaking of disaster, we do a lot with the Billy Graham Rapid Response Team, Hope Force out of Nashville, Samaritan's Purse. We have a lot of their people go through our courses which in turn helps them as they're doing their job out in a disaster. Yeah. So it's really cool. Our goal is to be that person that can come alongside you. And if you're stuck, let's try and get you moving. So we pray a lot about that. You know, we pray about the communities, the courses that we offer. We're working right now on a set of courses that will help churches in their community become disaster centers. And we tend to run into something, but we sometimes we don't know really what we're doing when we run into it. So we're wanting to find 
a group of churches that we could go in and give you a seven-course training that would help your church and then connect you with like Convoy of Hope, Salvation Army, so that then you become a resource in your community when there is a disaster. All of those things take a lot of prayer. Absolutely. So again, if you've just joined us, I'm Monica Kelly with Closer Look. My guest today is Pastor Mike Henderson, the Director of Crisis Response Care. How have you learned to help people in diverse populations, people from different religions, different backgrounds? So we have courses. So we try and identify what a problem would be. And so we have a great course. As a matter of fact, I'd say we just taught it, Cultural Diversity in Disasters. So how do you minister to somebody who may not have your same faith? But you can't go charging in there. I mean, that's one of the things that we teach. This is not a time to, you know, have them pray the three-point prayer when the flood's coming. This is the time in which we want to come alongside and show them the love, hopefully, that we have within us. And so understanding other religions, understanding other faiths, how they process these types of things, Very, very important. As I said earlier, we can't just charge in. So I really need to know how does a Muslim deal with a disaster around them? Or somebody in, maybe not even a Muslim, maybe somebody who's a different denomination than mine because we're all a little different. But again, the most important thing that I can do is come alongside you. Sometimes people disagree with me and uh, it's not about trying to get them on their knees. That's not what we do. It's not about any of those things. It's about, can you see the Lord in me? Can I come alongside you? Sometimes I think we kind of rush in when we shouldn't be rushing in. We should be there to help them deal with it. Actions probably speak louder than your words. Is there a story that jumps out at you about maybe a first responder who's taken some of your courses and their lives started to change? So there is a wonderful lady in... um, San Antonio, and she's an avid listener, so I won't say her name, but I will say this. She started coming to our courses. We, we go to San Antonio every year. One of the things that we have them do in the grief following trauma class is to do a timeline. Go as far back as you can as to your, when you know trauma was hitting you, when it was a part of your life. So I took the course myself. It was one of the life-changing moments for me as I started seeing the benefits of this. This dear lady, she said, Pastor Mike, can I talk to you? And I said, absolutely. So her and I sat outside for about an hour or so. She's just telling me her story and it's unfolding. And it's, I'm, I'm saying, Lord, how in the world can I help you? So throughout the whole thing, as we're talking, I really believe the Lord really helped me with that. So I said, well, let's take your timeline. And so I asked her to give it to me. And I said, Alice, where did God meet you? So at this age, this happened. So let's do a blue line here and let's say, where did God meet you? So she started doing that. And Monica, I will tell you, her life was, it would overwhelm me. I've heard a lot about what all that she went through. So that was the one year. The next year, she came to our courses in San Antonio. She said, Pastor Mike, I got to tell you what in the world happened. So she said, after you, we, you and I talked out there and we prayed and all of these things, I became a grief counselor. And so she took our courses and then took some other courses and is now still to this day helping people in San Antonio. And so when I look at that, that little class, that little timeline, because sometimes we don't even realize what happens to us in our lives. We just kind of go, oh, well, that's life. No, wait a minute. This is significant. But can I see where did God meet me? Oh, God met me here. Oh, okay. Another, oh, God met me here. And it was just 
uh, eye-opening for her. I just, I have a picture of her and I standing in the hallway and just a big old smile and a hug. And she just, that, that is where I know all that we've done. There is success out there. Well, we are just about out of time. What is your website for crisis response care? Crisisresponse.org. There's all of our courses are on there. We have videos. We have chaplain helps. We have stories. We scour the internet looking for any helps that we can, that would help you. So we have, uh, and we have some of the videos here. We even actually have a complete debriefing that we did with the Reno Sheriff's Department. We did it here at headquarters of an actual event that happened in the Reno area. And we had some of our people here be the actors and actresses, but we had their SISM team here. So it's a complete eight video series that you can use in your community to show how debriefing goes. And that was our whole goal. So we have a ton of helps on there. So check us out, crisisresponse.org. My guest today has been Pastor Mike Henderson with K-Love Radio. He is the director of Crisis Response Care. For Closer Look, I'm Monica Kelly.